This is Texas Soccer Radio. Welcome, welcome. My name is Kyle Makey. His name is Larry Leathers. This week, we are going to change it up, and we're going to talk about soccer. So, very excited to get in here and, um, you know, get onto Periscope here like we always do. 10 p.m. Central Time every Thursday night. You can join us on Periscope at TX Soccer Radio, same as our Twitter handle. Um, there we go. Hi, Periscope viewers. Welcome. Thanks for hanging out. Um, so, Larry, lots of soccer stuff to talk about this week. Yeah, there's um, plenty of it, that's for sure. Wow. Friday was like the news dump of the century for San Antonio FC fans. <laughs> Not doing us any favors by giving us more content on Thursdays, you know, they holding out on us there we almost had to just re-record do a whole new episode but we made it we uh held our tongues for the most part until we got back around to another thursday night here to record uh, but i want to start out you know there's there's a big event this weekend um i i hear you know there's a superb owl going on and being a professional aviculturist uh, a professional bird keeper. I wanted to get your opinion on this superb owl. Well, you know, I, I, I hear there's an eagle involved as well. Um, but really, I'm partial to the owls here. My favorite, my, my favorite to win it is the, the, the Mexican burrowing owl. Um, you know, small but mighty. Um, but the eagles are are pretty vicious here, so it should be an interesting show this weekend. <laughs> the funny, the crazy thing is, you really are a professional bird keeper. So that, yes, that dad joke totally works on two levels. Uh, who you got, Eagles or Patriots? I, 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 I God, <laughs> why you got to make me choose? I mean, my my thing at the end of the day is, I'm a Dolphins fan. Anybody but Tom Brady. I hate rooting for the Eagles, but I really hope the Eagles take it. I'm not necessarily confident they will. They've probably got the better player pool, but the better quarterback and the better coach are sitting on the other side. I would love to see this game end in a tie somehow, or, you know, both teams forfeit and we just don't have a Super Bowl. But um, yeah, I'm pulling for the Eagles, I guess. That feels weird, but they're the lesser of two evils, I guess. I yeah. As a Packers fan, I'm just glad that the Vikings didn't get to play it at home. So I'm, it's already a win for me. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on to the uh, big important topics, uh, wrestling. You, you had a big wrestling event this past week. <laughs> yeah, this last weekend was Royal Rumble. So big weekend at my house. You know, that's SummerSlam, Re- Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania are all huge weekends over in my, my neck of the woods. All right. So soccer. Let's get to soccer. We've, <laughs> we've delayed enough. We have a full rundown here. So we do. Um, let's start with the big announcements that we got on Friday. Um, SAFC announced three players since our last episode. Um, Mikey Lopez, Marco Jong, and Lee Johnston were all announced as being part of the 2018 SAFC <laughs> squad. Um, very, very exciting. Uh, we, you know, weren't necessarily expecting Ojong and Johnston to come back or not expecting them to come back, but um, you know, it's good to have those guys back, but I want to start talking about Mikey Lopez and um, what were your thoughts when you saw that San Antonio signed a former MLS, former NYCFC midfielder? 
You know, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting and it's coming from our, well, as far as we know, our affiliated club down at NYCFC. So it's hard to not wonder if maybe they passed them down to us for a reason. So it's, it's exciting times. It's nice to see an MLS player coming down to spend some time at our, our level now. Yeah, there there hasn't been any official affiliation announcement, but Ibiaga's up there. Uh, Mikey Lopez is now part of SAFC. It kind of feels like that relationship is still going on. So uh, until I hear otherwise, I'm just kind of assuming that it's going to continue into 2018, the affiliation between San Antonio FC and New York City FC. Um, but yeah, I, I'm stoked to see him. I know there was some chatter on Twitter talking about where he would play, uh, if he would be kind of taking over the role from Ryan Rochindle and Pekka as that number six. I do not think that's where he's going to be played primarily. I think we're going to see him more in a role like Michael Reed had, where he's kind of flexing between that pure defensive and more of a central midfielder, that number eight midfielder. Um, I, I think he has the skill to be able to do it. And later in the, the show, man, this is two out of three weeks. I've done a poor job of <laughs> acknowledging the fact that we have more voices on the show besides ours. But later in the show, you'll hear from San Antonio FC head coach Darren Powell. And he actually uh, kind of echoes that sentiment of, of Mikey Lopez being able to play several different positions. So um, from what we've seen in preseason training camp and what we've heard from head coach Darren Powell, uh, it seems like Ryan Rashindle and Pekka and Maxi are going to be kind of going for that number six, whereas Mikey uh, Lopez is probably going to be a little further up the field, it looks like. Well, I mean, with Reed gone now, so we've, that, that spot's open for the taking. So from the little I've seen from Mikey Lopez and been able to watch online, it seems like he's got the skill set. I agree there. Um, but he's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see him on the fl- on the field this season. Um, I feel like we may be able to slot him in even as a starter right off the bat this year. So I'm expecting to see him right away. Yeah, for sure. The The whole thing with SAFC training camp is, you know, all the positions are up for grabs and everything else. So that's how it's been in the years past. Um, I, I don't think he would come from an MLS club to San Antonio to not start. So uh, I think he would have to earn that. But everything we've seen in camp, it points to him – you know, making that happen. Um, one other kind of interesting tidbit, this wasn't on our rundown, this isn't a new player, but uh, Ryan Rashindle in preseason camp for both of the media availabilities that I've been there for um, and for the one you were there for today, mm-hmm. uh, he has been playing almost exclusively as a defensive midfielder, uh, as a number six. So uh, obviously he could slot back into that center back role, but I think we're going to see a lot more of Ryan Rashindle than anyone expected this year. Would do you agree? It Was sure that looks that way. No, it, you know, it's a, it's not really a surprise. He's, he's got the skills to do it. He's shown before that he can play that role. So to see him move up there isn't a surprise, especially with who we've got sitting back at center back right now, you know, Hedrick and McCarthy seem to have that locked down pretty well. Um, but we're still we're still missing some pieces there in the defense, so we could see him slot back a little bit as well, and he he could be a good fill in for those positions if uh, if we need him to. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Check had a great article this week on two ten soccer dot com talking about San Antonio FC's biggest weakness right now is their depth in defense, and I have to agree. It's hard not to agree because. 
Um, you know, you essentially have what four defenders on the roster basically. So, um, yeah, I, I do expect that to change and we can talk about that a little later. I know, uh, Harry had a question that kind of related to that. So we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, getting back to Mikey Lopez, I'm excited. Seems like a super nice guy, Texas native, um, from Mission, Texas, which is like right in RGV's backyard, yes, RGVC's backyard. Um, so kind of funny to quote unquote steal Jose Escalante and Mikey Lopez from them this year. Hey, there uh, were there were definitely some tweets from people down in RGV that they weren't <laughs> too happy that he ended up here in San Antonio. Thought that you know the Dynamo and RGV could have maybe scooped him up and used him on their field instead. On Monday, one of the things he was talking about was how um, he's so familiar with a lot of these guys and how he's played with a lot of these guys before. And he rattled off basically every Texas player that's on the club he's, he's spent time with. So that's exciting. And um, I'm trying to find the direct quote here. Give me one second. But um, when when he was talking to the media on Monday, um, first off, he was like one of the most natural, like just having a conversation with everybody type guys. He definitely didn't put on like, you know, this fake standard face, the, the quarterback voice or anything. Um, so that was really refreshing. seems like a really cool dude, but, um, he said on Monday, it's really good coming here and seeing familiar faces and knowing that they're already really good family. They just embrace me as another brother. It's a really good feeling for me. Knowing the family connection is really tight and really close. It's a good feeling for me. So, and that was on day one of training. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't ask up. for much more if he's going to slot right in there and, and having some familiar faces. That's always a good thing when you got a new player coming in, get some comfortable faster and Hopefully he'll just pick up his role right away. For sure. Um, speaking of 210soccer.com, quick plug here. We have been working our asses off. We posted um, eight articles in nine days recently. And so if you haven't been checking out the website, we have a lot of content up right now. <laughs> and um, we, we didn't necessarily expect that. This is kind of the quote unquote off season. Um, so we'll see what happens when the season actually gets going. But 210soccer.com is where you can find Jonathan's article as well as a lot more fun stuff. Um, anything big to say about Ojong or Lee Johnston? Well, I mean, Johnston rounds out our goalkeepers, so we've got all three of our goalkeepers back. No change back there. That's a good thing, in my opinion. Um, Ojong, I hope he's ready to fill that right back slot because I feel like that's where he's headed right now. Um, yeah. Not much to say other than that. He's he's going to fill that role in, until Ibiaga potentially comes back or they make some other sort of signing that we haven't heard yet. Yeah, and like talking about like shifting Hedrick out to right back or something like that. But we we have seen uh, a trialist in preseason camp that has been doing really well. So um, that's definitely a possibility too. He's uh, – it's hard to tell. They've been practicing on the far side of the field. It's kind of hard to see faces and make out, you know, exactly what the formations are and everything. But uh, it looks like he's been practicing with the quote unquote first team with, uh, you know, Hedrick and McCarthy and Cochran. Um, so if they end up signing that trialist, it could be a true right back and, and Ojong may end up being shifted back into the midfield or, or finding another role on the team. 
Um, I am excited to see Lee Johnston back, though. Uh, even though he doesn't get a lot of time with the club, he has a lot of potential. He's uh, a big body. He's basically the exact size of Matt Cardoni, just looking at them next to each other. Um, yeah. And, you know, he's young and he's learning from all these great goalkeepers and a, a solid goalkeeper coach from Juan La Madrid. So um, always good to have depth there especially in san antonio knock on wood not that we wish that on anyone again but two years in a row lost the starting goalkeeper weird and i don't know i don't know who it's going to be yet i mean we it it looked like cardoni and restrepo were sharing from what i saw today but who knows yeah i i still think it's going to be diego to start the season but who knows um So let's pull up your Twitter questions from today. Uh, And then after that, we will play that audio from Darren Powell. And we're changing things up. You're actually going to hear that on the Periscope this week, too. So um, let's see here. Uh, Our friend Aaron Ramon, Potty Mouth, writes in, um, were you guys planning on doing any more live podcasts out at bars or anything? Uh, We'll start there. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. Basically, we're hoping to get some dates nailed down by the end of February, um, maybe starting that in March, hopefully ahead of the, the season opener. Um, but yes, we will definitely be doing live podcasts this year, more live podcasts this year, um, and more than just one in a season <laughs> is the yeah. plan. Um, so yes, absolutely. We're going to say that a million times just so people are aware. But yeah, we'll definitely be doing live podcasts. Um, he also asked about thoughts on uh, U.S. versus Bosnia game. Uh, we will talk about that a little bit later, but uh, uh, he says, on a scale of 1 to 10, I gave them a solid, I don't give a crap because we're not going to Russia. Yeah, pretty much. It's not hard to argue with that. <laughs> so, thanks for writing in, Aaron. Um, Dennis writes in, why are there so many close to the public friendly matches? Only friends and family, the players, are allowed to attend. Um, yeah, that comes down to kind of what you view preseason to be, I think. Um, it, it certainly seems over the past couple of years that SAFC views the preseason as ways to um, get ready for the regular season and not necessarily uh, matches for the fans' entertainment. Um, I, I'm not speaking for them. I haven't heard that directly from them. But if you look at the squads that are rolled out, if you look at the minutes that are played, the way the games are played, um, it's certainly not what some of the other clubs are doing. It, it seems like it's more to prepare the team than to put on a show. Is that kind of the vibe you're getting, Larry? And what are your thoughts on that, too, in general? That that seems to be the case, is that they're prioritizing team planning over fan participation, I guess you could say. Um, I. I don't necessarily care for that as much. I, I definitely would be the vocal one here saying we need more. We need to do better. I look at what other teams are doing and what they're doing for fans in the preseason. And we could do more. Um, we could have more games, even if it was just one more, I'd be happy with two preseason games that we got to see them. Um, preferably one of those with one of those MLS squads, you know, we've got two preseason matches uh, against FC Dallas and the New England Revolution, and neither of them are here in San Antonio. And I would even, I don't know, if it's just going to be one game, then get one of those games to be here so we can see yeah. something different than what we've seen and see them playing an MLS caliber team. 
Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I, I would much rather see a team that we're not going to see again um, rather than RGV. <laughs> as, yeah. as much as I love seeing that Darby, um, we're going to see that a lot. Um, but uh, I, I get it from an extent. Like, and it seems to be working, right? Like, last year they finished second in the West, so <laughs> it's hard to complain about the results, but... Um, I will say that I think the Dallas game is going to be a lot different this year because last year it was planned like the week of or something like two weeks ahead of time. It was planned really last minute because there was supposed to be one against RGV or something like that or or some other club that had canceled. Um, so uh, uh, FC Dallas ended up with back-to-back games right before that friendly. So I think the one that we'll see coming up this preseason might actually be more of their first teamers and a more interesting game. So I'm actually, I'm hoping to make that trip. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but um, still it's not at home, probably not televised. Uh, Yeah. it's. I'm I'm hoping there's going to be some way to watch one or both of those MLS level games. Uh, Haven't heard anything official yet. I, I want to reach out and put some feelers out to some places and, Maybe next week we'll have a more solid answer about what we're going to be expecting with being able to stream it on YouTube or something like that somewhere, hopefully. Yeah, the the one against New England is part of a larger tournament in Tucson. Um, so we'll have to contact them and see. But yeah, it, it would be great to be able to catch that, even if it's yeah. not, you know, the, the first teamers, Kellen Acosta and Lee Wynn and those guys, but still be fun. Um, and last question that I see for now, uh, Harry writes in, um, when do you think the SAFC looks to fill the holes at center back and right back right before the season question mark? Um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, I mean, we're, I think we're at that point. It's going to be right before the season, you know, hopefully with Ojong coming back, he'll slot in at right back. Um, then it's really down to depth. And we did see, we were, we were out at training camp today. There was a lot of unfamiliar faces out there rotating throughout the field. So I'm assuming they've got more than a handful of trialists out there right now trying to make decisions about them. And hopefully that's the depth we're, we're looking for there is they've got a couple, you know, players they've snuck in under the radar underneath the other teams and we'll uh, fill those positions with depth wise with those guys. Found another goalkeeper of the year quality player sitting on their couch, second year in a row. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. looking for another Ibiaga yeah. defensive player of the year, not necessarily another goalkeeper, but. <laughs> yeah, so Ibiaga, yeah, right. Uh, Ibiaga is still with NYCFC. I think going forward for the rest of preseason, we have to assume that he's not going to be back uh, just because the season's creeping up on us pretty quick. So when you look at the center back depth, you've got Cyprian Hedrick, Stephen McCarthy, and uh, Ryan Rochendel, technically, even though he's playing more midfielder than anything these days. So um, I, I definitely think that we'll be seeing at least one or two more center backs coming in. Um, I, I don't think that it's a coincidence that NYCFC drafted a center back in the second round of the super draft. Um, his name is AJ Patterson. He played for Wright State University. I keep wanting to say Washington State because it's the WSU. Um, and he's a real promising player that if Sebastian Viaga makes NYCFC, there's not going to be a lot of room for him on right. that roster. So um, 
you know, it'd be great if they would sign him to a MLS contract and then send him down on a season loan or, you know, wh- whatever the, the process needs to be um, to either get that depth or to potentially pass up Hedrick or McCarthy. You never know. Like those guys are solid defenders, but look what happened last year with McCarthy taking that second starter role from Hedrick and just right. running with it. So um, right back, I really think that trialist is going to get signed. Um, they don't disclose trialist names. Um, so it comes down to identification. And since they've been practicing on the far side of the field, uh, haven't gotten a chance to, <laughs> and you know, if someone tells you they have an encyclopedic knowledge of all lower division soccer players by face, they're a liar. Yeah. (laughs) They're just a liar. So we'll do our best to figure out who it is, but I really think that he's going to get a contract. He, from what we've seen in the media portions of training, he looks like he's been playing really well. So um, if nothing else for depth, because right now the only fullback on the roster is Greg Cochran. Right. uh, (laughs) And Ojong is a midfielder slash defender. So We'll see, but great questions all around. Thank you, thank you, thank you for writing those in. Uh, every week you can hit us up at TX Soccer Radio on Twitter. Um, you can hit us up at 210 Soccer, but technically the website has nothing to do with the podcast. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should change that. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. We'll figure but it out. We'll figure that out. For right now, the podcast has its own Twitter account at TX Soccer Radio. Uh, or, of course, like I said earlier, you can jump in here on Periscope every Thursday night at 10 p.m. at TX Soccer Radio. Um, so unless you had anything else SAFC-wise, we could kick it over to that Darren Powell audio from earlier. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get started on that right now. Cool. Well, here is our interview from, uh, Darren, uh, from earlier today, post-training with San Antonio FC head coach Darren Powell. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be right back after that. Join here with Darren Powell out here at San Antonio FC preseason training camp. Darren, thank you again for joining us. And I uh, just want to ask you about your thoughts here Thursday of the first week of preseason camp. What are some general thoughts that you have so far? Yeah, obviously we're all excited to be back out on the field and uh, working together with so many familiar faces. You know, it's it's not get to know you know get to know your time so it's been good trying to create those little chemistries create those little partnerships on the field both on the attacking side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball and um you know so far so good but you know with four days in or three sessions in and um you know we've got a lot of work to do but we've got a, a group that's very hungry and um you know so far is showing some good habits You've picked up a couple kind of big name signings, if you will, uh, here in the preseason with Mikey Lopez, Jose Escalante, and a couple of the younger guys. Can you talk about what um, that new influx of players kind of brings to the club? Yeah, look, we we, um, looked for different positions that we knew we needed some voids we needed to fill. Um, And um, both those two players, Mikey's come in and he's a central midfielder that can probably play as a six, he can play as an eight. Um, and you know maybe even as a ten in, in occasions if necessary, he's hardworking. You know he's he's very industrious and you know he's got a very good high level of passing. So he's impressed the staff so far. Um, Jose's come in. Um, you know I think he's a wide player. 
and we're getting to know him. He's a guy that can play either wing. He can possibly play as a ten. He can possibly play as a nine. So you know, his his overall game is very good, very skillful, um, and delivers a very good final ball. Then you know the young boys, you know they're they're infectious. You know they they've come in and they show a lot of energy and uh, a lot of hunger every day and. Uh, that hunger is that ambition and uh, they're exciting you know they're, they're, they're good to be around they're learning the ropes and uh, hopefully hopefully over the next couple of weeks you'll get to see them on the field as well and in the next couple of weeks you do have a couple of preseason matches uh, what is your goal as a head coach in these preseason matches what are you hoping to see from the club yeah the players will get an accumulation of minutes so we've got we've got a game this weekend against UIW yeah, we've got several trialists that will play in that game. So have a look at them in a, in a live moment against a, a local college team that we know fairly well and and, and got a really good relationship with. And then um, you know some of the guys will play about forty five minutes um, this Saturday, and then probably the same the following week we'll, we'll um, play um, FC Dallas and we'll again try and accumulate the minutes. But the intensity of playing an FC Dallas in the MLS is going to be you know. We can work on some things during that game that will be different from the things we can work on during UIW. So we look at it from from both sides of the ball and everything that we do and what can we do with different tactical systems during pre-season and then obviously the accumulation of minutes. Uh, Andy Thompson does a wonderful job of helping prepare the team, um, uh, you know, from a soccer standpoint first and foremost, but then also, you know, calculating, you know, exactly where the players are, the individual plans for each individual player. Well, thanks for joining us again, and uh, good luck this weekend in uh, the first preseason match. Thanks a lot, and uh, thanks for having me as always, and we'll see you guys soon. I'm like a flu shot. I'll make you sick, but... So again, thank you to Darren Powell for joining us again this week. Uh, really appreciate him taking the time to do that so often. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys it. Um, for our... Patreon patrons for 210soccer.com. Um, we've been posting the audio from the post-game training sessions and all that stuff um, as soon as we can. And for everyone else, you can go to that Patreon website and listen to them three days later, even if you're not a Patreon patron. So just a heads up, if you want even more SAFC audio, um, the 210soccer.com Patreon page is where you can go for that. So even if you're not paying, that, that is not an advertisement. <laughs> um, so let's, speaking of buying and selling, boom, transition. Um, let's talk a little bit about NYCFC really quickly. Um, not going to dive in depth here, but uh, Jack Harrison was sold from NYCFC to uh, Big Brother Man City and then immediately loaned to Middlesbrough. Um, second NYCFC player to end up at Man City looking for a quick loan after Mixed Discrude also joined that rank last week. So kind of exciting to see um, players moving from NYCFC to Man City, even if they're not playing for the Premier League side. Um, just to, to see that NYCFC doesn't necessarily look like it's just a financial investment. It looks like there may actually be a pathway to the Premier League side uh, for Jack Harrison more than Mixed Discord, obviously. But right. uh, and you know, if San Antonio ties into that, it's <laughs> it's two steps from the Alamo City to the Premier League. 
it's a pretty big jump there, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to see how this stuff's going down now. It seems to a lot of it seems to be centering around money and how money works with MLS in particular. So right. it's interesting how teams are trying to circumvent some of the rules and things like that with uh, movements to the other side of the pond. Yeah, I I don't think we're going to talk about it much, but the Kyle Laren deal is probably going to shake some things up because they got away with some shit that is uh, definitely upsetting to some of the other owners, um, yeah. in particular teams like Atlanta and Toronto that are spending big bucks and not going to want to give up tens of millions of dollars or, you know, $8 million here, whatever. Anyway, um, I I just think it's cool to see a pathway – as much as you don't want MLS to be like a lower division club in itself, it's cool to see a pathway from MLS to one of the best leagues in the world, arguably. Definitely. It's yeah. an, it's an interesting path. That's for sure. <laughs> um, the other NYCFC player that we have our eyes on obviously is, uh, well, I guess he's not technically an NYCFC player yet, but Sebastian Ibiaga is a trialist with NYCFC and uh, he seems to be doing well because he's still with them. As far as we know, he played the second half of the preseason match in Jacksonville to close that section of their preseason camp. So uh, I, I don't know if you have any new thoughts after the third week that we've been talking about this, but Ibiaga in New York, how are you feeling as a San Antonio fan? I want him back, but I'm happy for him if it works out. That's nothing's going to change with that. If it were, if I want him back, we desperately need him at the right back position at this point. Yeah. Um, but if he makes the jump, good good on him. I hope it means that he gets meaningful minutes if he does make the jump and isn't just riding the bench. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really do anybody good if he leaves San Antonio to ride the bench in New York. So hopefully if he's going up there, he's getting minutes um, or he's signing a contract with them and then coming back home, coming back to Texas. It's a definite option on the table. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Less fun news, if that's possible, less fun topic. U.S. men's national team played Bosnia and Herzegovina. God, I always mess that up. I'm just going to leave it. It's not going to get better than that. (laughs) Um, So what I have in our rundown, (laughs) just a peek behind the curtain, uh, two questions. Did you care and why are ticket prices so high? Um, I feel like that pretty much sums up this match. (laughs) I don't think it's necessary to go into the technical breakdown or anything like that, but did you care? Did you even remember that this game was going on before the day of? I, I did remember that it was going on. I did not get to watch it. I was not going to watch it even if I was able to watch it because it's hard to care when we don't know who the USSF president is, who the coach is going to be, or anything else about this team. Right. Because whatever they're doing now could just fly straight out the window the second we get new leadership involved. And yeah, so I don't, I, I don't really care yet. And you talk to me in, what, April, May? Maybe we start caring once the vote happens and we start seeing stuff trickle down. Yeah. But until then, there's no reason to. Yeah, with – not that he would have come over anyway, but with Weston McKinney out with an injury, Pulisic staying with his home club, 
Um, this was a great chance to see some of our youngest guys and cap some of those players who didn't have a senior level cap yet. And they fielded this weird hybrid squad of mediocrity and um, no president, no USSF president, um, no technical director, no head coach, no permanent head coach. Um, it's hard to like get any sort of investment if you're not even going to show me players that I've never seen before. Right. Uh, I, and, and the thing that really drives me crazy, Harry brought it up in Periscope chat here too, was that game wasn't sold out. And what better opportunity if you're U.S. soccer, if you're in charge of the marketing and, and the ticket prices and all that stuff, what better opportunity do you have to get some good PR than to give away a shitload of free tickets for a game that no one cares about? Like just get butts and seeds, get, give those tickets to people who couldn't normally make it to a game like that. The the guys who can't drop, you know, hundreds of dollars for a single game. I've never seen the U S national team play in person. And a big part of that is the cost. <laughs> the other part is them never coming here, but well, you know. that's the other thing. I mean, it's, it's very cost prohibitive. It really is. Um, if it, if they were playing in San Antonio, I'd probably try to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know the, it seems like it was missed opportunity. Like you said about PR and an opportunity to give tons of tickets away to youth soccer leagues and schools and things like that and try to build that next generation of soccer soccer fans and players up right you have so many so many people yelling at them about being corrupt and not helping to grow the game and not helping anyone but mls that was the perfect opportunity and they dropped the ball and i i do find it kind of ironic the last time as far as I remember, the last time the U.S. came to San Antonio, it was against Mexico, and that's when Jordan Morris made his debut. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all excited about that. And then last night, Jonathan Gonzalez made his debut with Mexico in the yep. same the same venue. It's just like extra little twist in the heart of, you know, look what you could have had. But yeah. Could have been a U.S. jersey. Could have been. Probably better for him, if we're being honest. But he'd be sitting around for the next few years. So yeah, better better for him. Uh, so I bring on the women's world cup, man. That's <laughs> I yes. I really hope that once the presidential election is set and a technical director can get in place and a head coach can get in place, that's when I'll really check in and see what is going on. Cause I think you have to build around uh, you know, Pulisic, McKinney, Acosta, Will Trapp, some of these younger guys and get the fuck of all those old goalkeepers, get them out. Like bring in all <laughs> of the young guys. There's no reason. If Tim Howard gets called up to another freaking national team camp as anything but a coach, I'm done. Like you I don't want, you don't want Tim Howard and Guzan in there. I mean, <laughs> I love those guys, man. Like legends, absolute legends, but come on it's 2018 by the next time we get to world cup those guys are going to be using walkers to get out on the field you know i say that but landon donovan's in Liga mx now so what do what do any of us know about i mean we still don't know what his role is going to be let's let's wait and see if he does anything other than sitting in a comfy padded chair on the sideline he could win that league's player of the year trophy and i still wouldn't believe that it wasn't a joke like that this wasn't all some elaborate stunt of some source (laughs) it 
it is. It's a stunt. It is a stunt. Yeah. To what extent? I I love it. I hope he plays. I hope he plays I hope a lot. So too. I, I, yeah. Anyway, I don't have time to get into Liga MX as a hardcore fan. I've tried. I just don't have the time. <laughs> like, um, but that would make me more interested for sure. That'd get me watching more games. Um, so let's uh, just dollar signs. Money, yeah, just money. Chat. Throw money at him. <laughs> so let's get into some USL and MLS chat here before we wrap it up for the night. Um, big surprising news Thursday morning and a direct effect for San Antonio FC. Uh, Paul Buckle is out as the head coach of Sacramento Republic. Um, who San Antonio FC opens their season against uh, in yeah. Sacramento. So kind of a surprise. Obviously Sacramento didn't have a phenomenal year last year, but they do have a star on their jersey for a reason. So were you surprised to see Buckle out? I I wasn't expecting it at all. It seems like really odd timing with the proximity of the season, upcoming season starting here. I mean, those guys are going to be getting ready to start preseason games here in a week or two. And <laughs> they're getting a new coach who – may institute a whole new playing scheme and everything else. It's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting timing and I don't necessarily see the reason for it to happen. Obviously it was something behind the scenes. Those guys said it was mutual in the press releases, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah, We saw, we saw something similar to this happen last year with Cincinnati and it didn't, despite their like pretty solid U S open cup run, it didn't really benefit them too well in the USL season where they finished mid table, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so I, I don't know, man, like obviously the first thing that comes to mind with Sacramento is the MLS bid and, you know, is yeah. buckle leaving because it's not happening or that things are changing or, you know, it well, we probably will never know, <laughs> but it's, it's interesting. The timing of it's very interesting. Yeah, definitely the MLS thing is – that's the big question mark here is you got to think that played some sort of role. That's got to that's gotta affect the bid now. They're still in the running for the second spot. Like what is – does MLS sit there and look at it and put question marks on their bid even more now on top of money, but now into the coaching and management situation as well? Like what's going on where your technical director and head coach fail weeks before the season? Like, right. That's – that's true. That's a big question mark. Their potential big question mark. Um, so he'll be replaced by uh, U17 Academy coach Simon Elliott, Republic Academy coach Simon Elliott, um, who has plenty more credentials on his resume, but uh, that's the most directly related to the position that he's at now. So um, we'll see. It, it's kind of interesting. And just as a side note, um, a really solid reporter in Sacramento. Evan Ream uh, is long story short, not going to be covering Republic anymore because of the conflict of interest with the new coaching staff. So that's a bummer to lose a really solid respected journalist uh, from being able to cover the team because of conflict of interest. So uh, Evan wish you all the best, but um, you know, insert plug for indomitablecitysoccer.com now that uh they're the the lead lead go-to guys i guess right for Sacramento news but anyway evan did a phenomenal job and i respect him for you know 
cutting off his coverage the way that he did or for the reasons he did. But anyway, anything else about Sacramento before we move on? I've started into my ranting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's it about Sacramento. Still no news on a possible MLS expansion for them. So So let's 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 go through this next topic. Um, The USL announced five rule changes for 2018, which kind of surprised me how they did it because last year and the year before new rules came out in the USL media guide. And you just, they had a section at the end where it was basically like new for 2017 and, and had that separate from the rest of the league rules. But um, five rules that came out this week. Um, any of them jump out for you in particular, Larry? Um, let's see. I think the the addition of the IR slots interesting. Um, obviously, they've got to be dedicated to be out for, I believe it's the whole season, right, is what, what right. they said. So, I mean, it, it helps from a roster management standpoint. Um, it'll be interesting to see how teams end up using that this season and what it means for the future with some players and being able to hold on to somebody and not worry about cutting them due to an injury. Right. Um, the rest, you know, I, I don't have them all in front of me right now. That's the one that jumps out at me right now, though. Well, the other ones um, – well, talking about that IR slot real quick, it's so unique, the player that you would have to use that on. It would have to be a player – like Sebastian Viaga, just yeah. as you know, or Diego Restrepo, since he's still with the team. Let's say um, Diego was signed to a three year contract and he got hurt. Um, and you know, you didn't want some other team coming in, snooping around and uh, you know, scooping him out for the next season. So you could basically hold his rights for the next year, um, which is. Interesting. And I wonder how that fits into the FIFA rules. <laughs> like if you're not going to, I guess it doesn't matter. Like you're still part of the team. You're still getting paid. Uh, it's just for league roster numbers, but it's interesting. It's just a very unique situation that would call for that player to be put there. Um, but it's cool. The other four rules. Um, it's um, on the field, USL regular season games, uh, will now be considered official only upon reaching the 70th minute of the contest instead of being called at the half. Um, I don't think that's ever been an issue for San Antonio. I know we had a couple lightning delays, a couple storm delays, but right. I feel like they've finished every game that they've started, unless I'm forgetting one. This seems to be more a product of some of the results and things that were happening up in the up in Swope and things like that, where they were getting a lot more storms. So, yeah, yeah, that's. I think it's interesting. I mean, it. I don't think it'll have a huge effect, but I think it's interesting. I could be proven wrong, but um, next one is that uh, in USL Cup playoffs, teams are now allowed a fourth substitute in extra time. Um, which I went back and looked at that OKC game that San Antonio FC fell uh, to in their season last year. Both San Antonio and OKC only used two subs. So if they had that fourth one available, they maybe could have used a third player and still had that fourth sub available in case there was an injury or, or something unexpected happen late in the game. So to inter- it'll be interesting to see when playoffs come around to see, you know, if, that changes any dynamics and if we end up with fewer penalty shootouts because of it 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to change strategy a little bit. Hopefully, we don't have too many games where we end up needing to use that rule in that sub. Obviously, we'd like to be winning games and getting results rather than having potential penalty shootouts and going to extra time and things like that. But yeah, it's definitely going to change strategy up a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out throughout the season. I only think we're going to see it happen a handful of times at best. Uh, So it may be one of those rules that's not used very often yeah and we won't see we definitely won't see it until the end of the season so right (laughs) we'll see keep that in the the back file to see what happens but um off the field teams are now permitted to trade or sell international roster spots so each team is allotted seven international roster spots each season and now you can trade or sell those for a season so Um, We did confirm today that Alex Bruce is not considered an international. He does have his green card. um, So he doesn't count against that tally for San Antonio FC. So SAFC has six of their seven spots claimed for um, right now. So let me get those player names here. Um, But yeah, let's see. We've got Pekka, Ojong, Elizondo, Gordon, Escalante, and Rafa. Yeah, so that's six of seven are called for right now, <laughs> or spoken for right now. Um, so it would be interesting to see if they could sell that last spot or if they end up filling it with someone else or, or what happens with that. It's just another way to make some money or bring some extra guys in. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's um, see, what else we got on here? We talked I'll... about the IR, and then the last one was the uh, in-game uh, – the game day what's been happening is they've had to release a 27 man squad now they have to release a 23 player squad at least 48 hours before kickoff of each game um which you know that's that's whatever that really only affects us i feel like trying to project a, a starting 11 the more interesting part of that is that a team's 18 player game day roster can only contain a maximum of five players signed to usl academy contracts um wonder what that has to do with <laughs> that fucking 9-0 slaughter that Reno handed lost those last year. Um, <laughs> pretty much changed the league rules, <laughs> which is yeah. interesting. Uh, LA was playing multiple academy kids, two of whom were 16 years old and uh, didn't work out too well for them. Could have broken the table entirely. So uh, those, those are the new rules for 2018. So that's what what's what we got next here. Um, Louisville, Louisville's getting their new stadium and their new soccer complex. Um, this pertain. I brought this one up with Kyle earlier just because it kind of pertains to what we do out here. Um, they might be getting a brewery on site in in the soccer complex, which that's pretty badass. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would be totally down if we had a Ranger Creek or. Or somebody, you know, on site there uh, right at Toyota Field. That would be amazing. That would be pretty dope. And, like, especially if there was a way to do it to where they were open, even when games weren't going on. If you had a brewery, like, attached to the stadium for off-day games or for away games, and then, you know. Problem is, San Antonio FC is owned by Spurs Sports and Entertainment, who has a big old deal with Budweiser. So we have the Bud Light Bunker. Yeah, but can you imagine if the Bud Light Bunker was replaced with a brewery? Oh, man. Like if they built a brewery restaurant right there on the end of the field and it opened out 
with like big garage bay doors to that that far end of the field that'd be amazing like i wish there was a middle ground that they could reach because i don't think that they would be able to do anything that wasn't budweiser branded just because of the whole parent company and all that but if like they had like a tasting room or something where i don't know well the question my question would be is is the is the contract with budweiser or is it with anheuser-busch because if it's with anheuser-busch there's some options there they've got a lot of smaller breweries that they own something that could possibly be brought in if it's budweiser specifically that's a whole different story that's hard to work with i actually don't know the details if it's anheuser-busch then that's got some options they own a lot of beer companies these days yeah we'll see um that would be pretty cool happy for louisville though that they're getting some cool shit um last bit of usl news i think is indy 11 playing at lucas oil stadium officially um that's awesome (laughs) i I know we normally shit on soccer teams playing in nfl stadiums but the way that they've done this they released the seating seating arrangements and it's three sides of the lower bowl are available for seating one side is completely blocked off um and it's seems like it's going to be pretty intimate and we were talking about this earlier for people who um you know can't afford to go to an nfl game or you know if you're bringing a big family and you don't want to pay you know a thousand dollars to go see an nfl game or whatever like but you still want to see the stadium go to a usl game go check out the soccer team and i think that's going to draw up a lot of interest yeah especially if they can keep the ticket prices low obviously i don't know what the final deal is with the stadium and the team uh but yeah if they can keep operating costs down and keep the ticket prices down hell that's that'd be a hell of a venue to go see a game in it's one of the the better nfl stadiums in the country for sure absolutely absolutely um and the other Totally just lost my train of thought. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Goodness, <laughs> I am tired. So anything else about USL before we call it a night? I think that's it for USL. Oh, man. Oh, I was going to say just that it's gotten local media interest. That was what I was going to say. Nah, I yeah. saw some Indianapolis newspapers and local TV stations and stuff interested in the fact that it was going to be a Lewis Oil, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, anyway, get the people from, out there. Away from USL, on to MLS, where we can officially say that Miami has an MLS franchise awarded to the city. Officially, it's done. It's over. We made it. <laughs> Is it? We don't have colors. We don't have a crest. We don't have a team name. We don't have a jersey. We don't have anything. They literally had a press conference to say, hey, we have a team. We don't know anything about it, but we've got a team. Like, the same wait. thing have been saying for four years. Didn't we already know this? Like, <laughs> no. Already announced? <laughs> Supposedly, they're going to announce Crest Colors team name sometime in February. So yeah. it's February 1st. We'll see how long it takes. But they begin play in 2020, if I read that correctly. Yes. Uh, still have to build the stadium, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see. I do think – I know that Miami has been the butt of jokes, even from this podcast, from my mouth, for several years. Um, but I do think that as long as they don't half-ass it and as long as they bring in real players, it's going to be successful. 
Yeah. Um, it, it has to be a, a copy of Atlanta or Toronto or one of those teams where they're bringing in players that actually matter um, and not just bodies that can wear the kit because Miami, much like San Antonio is a very well-informed soccer fan base and they're not going to go out and watch garbage. So you're absolutely right there. They're going to have to be on top of their game. Beckham's going to have to call in some favors to people. He knows who knows other people to get, get the right players there in Miami. Some guy named Messi was saying to call him in a few years. Maybe, you know, Maybe. I mean, if it's, it's taken four years to get this announcement about nothing. So 2020 <laughs> seems awfully optimistic for all the things that need to happen between now and then. Yeah. I wonder if that changes anything for the expansion teams, if they are looking to bring them in in 2019 instead of all of them in 2020. But maybe yeah, we'll see. Anyway, speaking of expansion, relocation, shenanigans, drama, um, it's kind of old news at this point just because of when it broke. God, worst week ever. Um, But Austin has taken a few steps backwards in their pursuit of MLS in Anthony Precourt's pursuit to relocate Columbus Crew, um, where Butler Park has been removed from consideration by Precourt Sports Ventures. Um, after members of the city council wanted to remove all public parkland from consideration. Right. So, uh, man, Uh, who saw this coming? They're going backwards fast. (laughs) Everybody saw this coming except for me. I'm I'm the only (laughs) one. Like, no, they'll get it done. Um, Well, they they still might get it done. I mean, they still got what? Two, two places left. They've got Guerrero and then, um, I'm blanking on the name of the other one. Uh, is it McCalla? The, the place McCalla. out by the Dominion? McCalla, the, Domin- yeah, the Dominion one. Domain. Uh, the Domain. Domain. God, Dominion. That's, that's money right there. Put a soccer stadium by the Domain. Dominion. Jesus, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that complicates a lot of things. Butler Shores is obviously the number one choice for PSV for good reason. It was a damn good site. And, um, you know, they had made promises to relocate a lot of the little league fields and some of the other amenities there um but at the end of the day it sounds like that was a concession they had to make in order to keep the rest of the parkland on the table Uh, it's it's funny you mentioned those little leagues because when they first started talking about this supposedly they had conversations with the little leagues and the little leagues were completely fine with being moved and they were on board and everything and then just a few hours after the Butler Shores news broke, I saw an article with some of the upper management over at the Little League Fields and about how over the moon they were that they weren't going to have to move because they were against it. <laughs> I feel like, and this isn't a criticism necessarily, but I feel like the Save the Crew slash Not in My Backyard in Austin movements, I feel like a lot of people are jumping on there because it's popular and it's an easy stance and... It's interesting. I don't know. I, that kind of sounds like what happened with the Little League. <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure, new field's awesome. And then, you know, totally reverse course. Hey, uh, jumping on a bandwagoning on those causes or not, it seems to be making a difference, yeah, a, a real tangible difference now um, with Butler Schwartz coming off the table. So it'll be interesting. 
we we keep saying it. It's going to be interesting the next few months to watch <laughs> how like this the phrase of the night. It's still preseason, damn it. I I chalk this episode up to preseason still. Um, but yeah, just on the other side of that Austin transaction, there were reports that PSV is uh, in talks with some local businesses in uh, Columbus and looking at new Columbus sites. Um, I'm not going to get into specifics here because there seem to be some conflicting reports. So I will defer to Chris Bills on Twitter, uh, as well as a lot of guys who are covering this on the ground in Ohio. Um, But it sounds, I'm so hesitant to say this because this whole time I've been so staunchly MLS is going to do whatever they want. Um, And I still believe that, but it sounds like the save the crew movement may actually be making ground and may actually be keeping this team in Columbus and that that'll be an interesting scenario because then what happens with pre-court but regardless step one it sounds like they may actually stay in Columbus there's a chance which only bolsters San Antonio's chance to get back in the running for a slot down the road yeah yeah I don't think um yeah Austin not getting MLS San Antonio jumps really high on that list really quick um, for several reasons, but you know, we don't need to rehash those now, but not today. Yeah. I'm so conflicted, man. Like it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I would love a third MLS team in Texas, but it needs to be in the right place and it needs to be, you know, in uh, there's, there's a lot of stipulations there, but I hope a third MLS team comes to Texas eventually, even if it's not Columbus, especially if it's not Columbus, that's probably better for everyone. But uh, anyway, last thing we had on our list here, something just really quick was that LAFC signed a Jersey and broadcast deal with YouTube TV, which is really interesting because their local games now will be locked to the YouTube TV service, $35 a month if you want to watch the local LAFC games in English. Um, Or we think that you could also subscribe to MLS Live or whatever equivalent they're going to have this year. Um, Kind of a shitty move, in my opinion, from a club that has tried to market itself as the club of the city and the club that's reaching out to the communities that can't afford to go out to Carson to watch the galaxy and all that. Um, Now you're going to charge. I think some, I'm so bad at $420 for the season. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of freaking money. More money than I would pay. It's one thing if you already have YouTube TV, like then that's awesome. You're getting something extra, but that's questionable. I mean, I don't pay the $300 for the NFL package and that gets right. me how many games? 16 weeks with how I mean, many games, be, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So hopefully there's something there that we're missing. Hopefully it's included with some, and the Spanish broadcasts are over the air. So that's great. But if you're really trying to serve everyone, then you're wait, wait, I thought the Spanish broadcasts were going to be included on this. No, I believe from what I read, the Spanish ones are going to be over the air or available over the air. Um, So maybe they're both on the streaming, but only Spanish is OTA. I'm not sure, but 
regardless it's the end of the episode so it's a lot of money it's a lot of money man it's a lot of money i can't do math so i grew up in california and they started this thing called Mathland when i was in elementary school and it wasn't about getting the right answer it was about trying which is the most fucking californian oh, thing i ever institute in a school <laughs> and so my wife and my family give me shit all the time about not being able to math very well I can do like complex math where it's more about like having the equations and all that. But if you ask me, like if anyone comes up to me and asks for you to like multiply something, I'm just going to run away and like hope for the best. <laughs> I'm going to get you a math participation trophy. <sighs> That's what I need, man. Go next to all my other ones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so, so much for listening this week. We had fun. I hope you had fun listening. Thank you to Darren Powell for coming on to the show once again and uh, giving us a few minutes of your time. Um, if you want to, you could follow us on social media at TX Soccer Radio. Uh, you can follow our individual accounts at Larry Leathers 87 and at Kyle underscore Mankey. Um, quick note, you can follow 210 Soccer's Twitter account. Obviously, a lot of you already do, but you may not know we also have an Instagram account. So there's some pictures from uh, open tryouts and from preseason camp and that kind of stuff on our 210 Soccer Instagram, if you're interested in that, at 210 Soccer on Instagram. How many times can I say Instagram in one outro? We'll find out next. <laughs> uh, music is provided by, Ryan, by Michigan Bleep, rather. Uh, you can find that album, Emotionally Strong Enough to Be Your Man, available everywhere digital music is available. Um, man, I'm lost. What do you got? I got one, one more thing before we go. Talking about next week, you are going to be off and you've got some family stuff going on. You will not be around next week. Um, I am tentatively planning right now to roll for a short solo Periscope show next week. What? We'll see. It's not 100% set in stone. I'll keep in touch with you guys on Texas Soccer Radio's uh, Twitter account and let you know about that. It will probably not be an episode that's released onto Stitcher or anything like that. So it may be a Periscope exclusive next week, depending on what kind of news week we have in the next few days. <laughs> I mean, if history tells us anything, tomorrow we're going to get some huge news drops. So I may have... 10 new signings to cover next Thursday. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, be, be aware. I hope there's just like soccer apocalypse and you have like a two hour show. Just two hours of me talking to myself on Periscope. Yeah, that'll. That, I'm going to be what you are right now. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch that when I am able to. <laughs> Make sure y'all check that out. Seriously, um, Periscope, it's fun. Um, if you have a Twitter account, really easy to hop on Periscope. Same account. So at TX Soccer Radio, you can find that. Uh, and again, make sure to your pressure him at LarryLeathers87 on Twitter to make sure that he gets his solo show. Hey, it, depending on how it goes, if it's just Soccer Apocalypse, I may just glutton for punish, punishment us and save it all for two weeks later. <laughs> We'll have a podcast super show in two weeks. It's going to be so close to the season. We'll have preseason matches to talk about. Yeah. Right? Yes, we, we should. I think the first one's like this. I want to say it's the seventh. It's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like two days from what's recording. The day, it's tomorrow if you're listening to this whole season. Oops. Yeah, it's in two days. Not the seventh. Yeah. Anyway, okay. this is an outro. So... 
<laughs> Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time.